Hey, Liz. Hey, Kat. Hey, Kat, what would be almost as fun as recording a podcast together? Well, I think it's almost even more fun, but I guess that's debatable. (laughs) Doing one-on-one coaching with you, Liz. Co-coaching together has been one of my favorite aspects of doing this podcast with you. So guess what? We're going to do it. We are going to offer career coaching sessions to our listeners, but not have it be recorded. So we're going to offer one-on-one sessions at a really good deal. And we started the podcast with the goal of helping people who are stuck with something career-related. And if we can help through the podcast, that's awesome. But if one-on-one coaching is more someone's speed. So we have decided to offer a intro special. Yes, we have an introductory special of $100 an hour, which if you're a big math whiz like me is less than either of us would charge individually. So you are saving over 50%, but and you get two for less than the price of one, which is awesome. Uh, and in this kind of session, you don't have to worry about your boss hearing it or your friend hearing it or anything else. It's absolutely confidential, mm-hmm. just like any mm-hmm. career coaching session, but you get the Liz and Cat experience in a one-on-one session for $100. So if this sounds interesting to you, shoot us an email at realjobtalk at gmail.com and we'll be happy to schedule a call and do some one-on-one work with you. Can't wait. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. Today, we're talking with Jason Levin, an outplacement business development and career coach and founder and CEO of Ready, Set, Launch. Which, And today, we're going to talk about launching a job search in a virtual world. And we'll also just get to know Jason and chat with him. So welcome, Jason. And please tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Well, Liz and Kat, thanks so much for having me. Real pleasure to be here. I was a strapping young high school student in northern New Jersey, uh, living a very good life with my two younger brothers. Then my father lost the only job he ever had during the 88-89 recession. He worked in the garment industry in midtown Manhattan, and just like his father and his father. And so for the next couple of years, uh, we struggled. My college money went to pay the mortgage and pretty much the three, my, uh, my two younger brothers and I, we were on the free lunch program at our uh, school. So if we were friends in college, I was mock interviewing you and helping you with your internship search. Uh, and wherever I've worked, even though I don't have an HR background, I have a big respect for HR professionals and HR business partners because when they requested, okay, who can help with recruiting? Who can help with training? My hand was always up. And then after my MBA, the career center called me back and said, listen, come coach for us. And that was 12 years ago when someone called me a coach. And I said, really? You're going to pay me to do that? And here I am. So Great. That's, that's my story. Awesome. That's, those challenges, right, that you were talking about with your, your dad's job, those challenges are you know, amazing opportunities to build resiliency and, and can be good learning opportunities, which we talked a little bit about before we started recording. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I know the emotionality that, uh, that happens when you lose a job, 
and and at the and in the moment where you're supposed to be most confident when you're job seeking, and you've just lost a job, and someone just you know gave you a sucker punch. Mm-hmm. I have seen that firsthand, and mm-hmm. and that's something that you know with when I'm working with folks, it's like all right, let's let's process this because mm-hmm. this is an event, you know, and mm-hmm. some people related to having a funeral. Uh, some people mm-hmm. related to losing a close friend. There is grief involved. There yeah, is for sure. Yeah. You know, and regardless of how it happened, you know, new leadership came in, or there were right sizing or cuts or whatever that looks like. Um, never easy losing a job. Mm-mm. And it's scary and the unknown. Yeah. Of what's on the other side, uh, and especially during times like this, it's not only like a loss and a grappling with personal reflection and all of that, but it's the, oh gosh, what am I going to do now? And what if, what if, what if, what if, and you can go dark really fast. Yes. If you let yourself. Yeah. Uh, And it's one of those things where, you know, pre COVID it was a mindset game and during Mm -hmm. COVID it's all mindset. It's all Mm -hmm. mindset and being able to focus your energy and not thinking about the day, but literally thinking about, all right, what am I going to do in this hour? Mm-hmm. And how are, am I going to maintain that mindset so that I can get through what I need to do in my day? Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, of all the things that are going on, it's, you know, we're just walking through a lot of uncertainty right now. Uncertainty on top of uncertainty, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so talk about that a little bit, because if I'm someone who lost my job unexpectedly, and I've got to now start a job search. What do you tell people about mindset and, and in getting through the day and getting through the test? And we're going to go into how do you approach a job search right, right now and virtually. But talk a little bit about that mindset piece. So I often talk with uh, my folks about what brings you energy, what puts a smile on your face. How do we integrate that into your day? Mm-hmm. So is it yoga? Is it breathing? Is it some type of sport? Is it some type of, you know, for me personally, it's comedy from the 1980s. So I got to get my Robin Williams and my mm-hmm. Billy Crystal, and I got to get my laughter in because mm-hmm. when I'm laughing, I'm feeling better. And That's so right. one of the things that I'm driving on the mindset is one, what relaxes you, what puts a smile on your face? Mm-hmm. And then we begin to think about, okay, what is the successful scenario? What is the most successful scenario for you and how do you frame that and how do you picture that and how do you see success for you and how do you want to do it in your way? And so by relaxing them, putting a smile on their face and then developing focus tactics, then we're able to talk through what their mindset is like because you know, with COVID, a lot of this is also depending on your home situation. Mm-hmm. So you might be alone with your pet. Mm-hmm. You might be in a couple. You might be in a family. And so there's all these things that you need to navigate with your mindset, depending on the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. So complex stuff. Totally. I like that approach, though, of what is it that gives you energy? How do you get relaxed? And Mm -hmm. how does that, by doing both of those things, then you set up the right environment to have a positive mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Or an effective mindset. Right. 
if, if you're approaching this from strength and not from fear mm-hmm. and what makes you strong. And so and beginning a lot of questions around just the things that come to you naturally that are good. And then, you know, often in times there'll be things that either are perceived roadblocks or behaviors that, you know, it's not going to be useful for you during this time. Mm-hmm. How can we work through that so that you're getting closer and closer to the good behaviors that you do have? And I was going to say that you also have to think about what sucks my energy, what mm-hmm. brings me down and try as much as you can to avoid those things. So if you have to not be up to date on the news, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you have to do to avoid the energy suckers, you've got to do that too, because you've got to be building yourself up and getting rid of anything that brings you down. Yep. It's not the time to be hanging out with the negative Nellies. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because often when I'm talking with people about job seeking, I'm like, all right, there's two types of people. There's two people, there's people that are going to help you. And then there's people that mean well, and mm-hmm. people that mean well are not good. <laughs> <laughs> They're not helping you move forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when the, the, uh, when we're identifying the types of people in their relationship circle that could be in a position to help them, You know, I'm often asking them questions about, okay, are they really going to help you or are they going to give you that projection of their own values onto you, which is also advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we'll walk through that if they know that they're going to get that projection. Okay. You know, you're walking into that, but there's some people that they can get some introductions with, Mm -hmm. but at least setting the stage. Especially prepping people that those people that are helpful may also project their fears onto you and to, to prepare people for that. Right. Because when you're prepared, it's a really different experience than just being blown away that someone might say something so fearful. Yeah. So fear producing. And I think, and I'm glad we're talking about fear because I think this is really, really important. You know, fear of rejection is way, way, way up there. And the the, the fear of rejection is so high that people don't even do anything because they're afraid they're going to get rejected. (laughs) And then the second uh, I often talk about with my folks is waiting. Mm-hmm. The amount of waiting that goes on mm-hmm. in a job search. And so I often send them my favorite version of this beautiful song that Tom Petty wrote, The Waiting is the Hardest Part. Mm-hmm. And because if you are waiting, that means that you're doing something along the process that is correct. But getting prepared to wait and understand that there are things you can be doing or not doing while you're waiting. But the fact that you're waiting is not a bad thing. Mm -mm. So, you know, the waiting is the hardest part. When you go to the movies, silence is golden. (laughs) But also with the waiting, you can easily start storytelling while you're waiting. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I know I've said it. I'm sure both of you, don't even try to tell yourself the story. You have no idea what's going on. You never will. And so move on with your life. Keep on going. Do your thing. If you're job seeking actively, keep job seeking. It's not over till it's over. But you'll never know the full story, right. what goes on behind the scenes. Because, I mean, it's always surprising. So there's no point. If they're not getting back to you for whatever reason or things are dragging out, just keep going forward towards your goal, which is the next job. Yeah. Yeah, no, Liz, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, the amount of questions I get, can I follow up now? Can I follow up now? And I'm like, just wait. 
Mm-hmm. They said they were going to get back to you. You have showed every interest under the sun. You've articulated every story and every ex- uh, accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Just hold off and let's do other types of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't and be I, that person that keeps on following up and right. keeps on yeah. following up. Yeah, don't be that person with the recruiter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, let's put on the brakes. Let's just <laughs> yield for a second. You know. Guess what? This recruiter probably has maybe five or 10 or 20 other mm-hmm. searches that they're doing in simultaneously. And you know what? Now that we're in COVID, the amount of stakeholders that they have to congregate remotely, it's like, hold on a second here. Let's look herding at cats. herding cats. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not that the recruiter doesn't care. It's yeah. just that they're trying to get all the stakeholders to weigh in and, and give what they need to. So it's like, all right, let's cool the jets. Yes. Let's, let's do other activities. Although I think, you know, I like, I give people, I say, if you haven't heard from me by Tuesday, call me. Cause right. I might be juggling 50, 60 people. So. Right. And you're a good recruiter though. I try. But I would say that if they follow up and are given a due date, you wait to the due date. You can mm-hmm. then follow up maybe the day after. If you don't hear back. Ixnay, like it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can follow up appropriately and you can follow up when they said and you can express your interest once, maybe twice. After that, let's hope they get back to you. Gosh, I want every candidate to hear back. I hate ghosting. And I I get ghosted as a recruiter. Candidates ghost me all the time. It does go both ways. Right. But you have to kind of read the tea leaves, but you also have to know there's a lot going on behind the scenes. You'll never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that to your point, you know, one of the classic questions, what are the next steps in the process? When's the best time to contact you? Right. Great. And the moment you get that date, you write it in your calendar and you just, sure. all right. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I'm working with my folks. I've got a tracking file. Part of the tracking file is the last date contacted. When do they want to contact you? We write in the calendar. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. You've done what they have told you to do. You have followed yep. your directions. Oh, we love that. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Those are prepared candidates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then it's the, okay, how do I maintain my own sanity and mental state while I'm waiting for a job mm-hmm. I really want? Because, you know, one of the other questions I always ask is um, when I'm starting with somebody is how much cash reserve do you have? Mm -hmm. And at what point do you really need to start working? Mm -hmm. Because that's another financial. It's huge. Yeah. It goes into the equation for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, Jason, tell us about Ready, Set, Launch. So uh, Ready, Set, Launch started nine years ago. Founded in the idea of consumer marketing principles. So I used to work for Unilever on Dove lotions and creams, anti-aging lotions and creams. So you can say that I'm a recovering postmenopausal woman. <laughs> I personally tried, personally tried over 130 different types of face care products. Oh and my. so I see every client of mine as a lotion on a shelf that needs packaging and a smell. Uh, it could be in CVS or Sephora as a dermatologist recommending them and using classic marketing principles for outplacement, for executive resume writing, for training and speaking, and helping people go from point A to point B. Whether you're at the last part of your career and you're looking to make a a retirement transition or start a side hustle, uh, whatever that looks like, I'm working directly with Fortune 500s and law firms and multilateral organizations and helping people go to A to B. 
uh, and that's my professional joy. I see career decisions as purchase decisions. First purchase decision is you self-selecting into your next opportunity, and then the employer or that side hustle purchasing you and your services. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. I agree. It's a two-sided marketplace for sure, which makes it more complex. And there are feelings, and in, in most marketplaces, feelings are more are, are different. I mean, that, that, that's the one thing that I learned about face care is that it's all feelings. Mm-hmm. It's all feelings. It's the last place where you can lie to a woman and still get away with it because <laughs> women don't want the truth on what the face care actually does. Right. Uh, and so those emotions play into things. And that's often, you know, when I'm working with folks, understanding their emotions and what drives them, but then also on, you know, we're listening for the emotions of the people that they're interacting with. So there's a huge emotional piece to all of this. Huge. So Jason, for people who don't know, define outsourcing and what is it and, and what does it mean in the context of Ready, Set, Launch? So outplacement is a service. It's a risk management tool that you will find in a severance agreement mm-hmm. when an employer is laying you off. It's no different than George Clooney and up in the air when he gives you a packet of benefits. And usually people like me are found in those packet of benefits where I am being paid for by the organization to help you transition into your next step. Mm -hmm. That can be one month or three months or six months or a year, depending on the offer. And Mm -hmm. so I am a resource to that individual or a group of individuals to help make that transition on everything from defining where they want to go, understanding their value, setting up the job search, blowing up the resume and LinkedIn profile, Mm -hmm. uh, tactics and strategy, interview prep, all the way to compensation negotiation close. And some even keep me on for the first 90 days into their new job. So that's what outplacement is. It's it's pretty much career coaching that was purchased for you by your old employer. Exactly. And employers have recognized as part of their employee value proposition and their own employee brand, uh, employer brand, that's actually, this is a good piece because the folks that stay, when they see that the people that are leaving are being treated well, it actually helps with employee relations. Yes. And so when I'm you know talking about outplacement, I'm like, yes, this is in the interest of their uh, in their own interests to actually treat their people well on the way in and treat their people well on the way out. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So let's, let's transition a little bit to talking about job searching, you know, during this crazy year that we call 2020. Um, I'm a crazy. (laughs) So job searches are different when you are in a job versus when you don't have a job and you're looking, right? Sure. So in this virtual world, we're not going to coffee, we're not going out to coffee with people, we're not, we're not doing in-person meetings. How do you recommend start someone start a job search when they have a job? Right. So when they do have a job, whether you have a job or don't have a job, uh, the most important piece is creating that hypothesis on what you want to do. So that You're going to get that question from the people that want to help you. Okay, so Liz, what do you want to do? And then what happens? You talk about all the things you ever, ever, ever did. You put the person to bed and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And so my first piece of advice is take a step back and look at your resume, but do this. Write down the things that put a smile on your face. 
write down the things that you want to continue doing. Mm -hmm. Write down the things that give you energy because that nexus of things you're good at that bring you energy, those are strengths. Things that you're good at that tire you, that fatigue you are weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So how do you separate those things out? And then articulate to others, okay, I'm looking to make a move. After 20 or 30 years, here are the three things I'm looking for. And here's some of the employers and roles I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you have helped others help you. Because I call it the big three, industry, employer, role. Mm -hmm. And if you're not talking industry, employer, and role on where you want to go, then you're not helping others help you. Right. How can they help you? Yeah. And so that's something interesting. (laughs) I want to work with people. (laughs) I want to be creative. Yeah. Awesome. Then go make Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're so right. It's like my dream job is to be a an engineering manager at Facebook. Oh, who do I know at Facebook? There you go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the more that you can isolate those three things, then all of a sudden these conversations become a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And underlying those three things are your experience and your motivation. Mm-hmm. So either you want to change within your own industry, you want to do some type of career change, whatever that looks like. But as long as you're spending 75% of the conversation talking about where you want to go mm-hmm. and not 75% of the conversation of things you've already done. Mm-hmm. Back when, when computers were in <laughs> and we had horses and buggies and you did, I'm like, that's awesome. Or even the reasons you want to leave your current job, the, you know, the horrible people you're working with or the, the dysfunctional department, all of that stuff, you just stay away from, even if it's true. Yeah, because guess what? During COVID, everybody's tired. Everybody's <laughs> concerned. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be that person that should be helped, that means that you should have a, a little bit of optimism, a little mm-hmm. bit of smile on your face, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of you. And I'm not saying that you can't be nervous and I'm not saying that you can't be down, but you don't want to share that with the people that are actually going to help you. And that's something I often talk about with my folks is that, all right, you've defined what you want to do. Here are the things that we can talk about. And here are the things you can't talk about. Mm -hmm. No complaining. Nobody wants to, we've already, (laughs) in 2020, (laughs) we've had enough problems. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting that you know, you're saying this for the person who has a job and is looking, I think it's the same rules applying. Yeah. Like find those three, go after it, be targeted, network appropriately. Talk a little bit about networking when you do versus don't have a job. Right. Well, I think the biggest thing is the amount of time you have to apply to it. So, um, you know, often when I'm working with folks that are in jobs, I'm like, all right, we should be interacting maybe once every four or six weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're not in a job, we should be interacting weekly because if you have maybe a half an hour to 45 minutes, um, a day to apply to your job search when you're working, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're unemployed, then it's like six hours a day. So, so the, the pace and the speed of things so there's a, frustra- a frustration component because one, you have to do your day job. Mm-hmm. Two, you're at home, whatever that home looks like. Mm-hmm. And then three, you got to get out there and virtually shake hands and kiss babies. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. 
not impossible, just mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that also feeds into, you know, I love lists. Read uh, Atul Gawande's Checklist Manifesto. Love how you can bring like natural processes and checklists to things and make this more of a process. So often, you know, when I'm talking with folks that are uh, in a job, it's like, all right, let's write down the 10 people that you you need to thank and show gratitude to over the last 20 years that have helped you in your career. Mm-hmm. Start there. Mm-hmm. Go back in time. Who was your first mentor? What was your first boss like? Get back in touch with those people that were there to support you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm helping them with their categories. And they're like, oh, I don't know that many people. I'm like, yeah, why? You know more people than you think you do. And so just for people to take a step back, it's like, all right, you develop the story, you're identifying where you want to go, then who are you identifying to be able to share that with? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, a little nostalgia. Oh, you remember when? And, mm-hmm. and thanks so much. And, you know, that's the, that's the one currency we still have is appreciation. Mm-hmm. Well, and starting off like, hi, we haven't talked in 10 years. I need a job is like, so not okay. This is reminding me of a conversation we had with Katrina Kibben a a while back. And she said, you know, the first conversation that you have, don't even mention that you're looking for a job. Just catch up. Hey, and this is such a great time to do that because people are checking in on each other more often. Yeah, we're all checking in on each other more often. Uh, And the best piece of advice I got in job seeking was when I was in high school, when I got into my informational interview stage, when I, after my dad lost his job, you know, family friend, uh, CFO, actuary, he said, Jason, you'll use this for the rest of your life. And I have. If you ask for a job, you'll get advice. If you ask for advice, you'll get a job. Mm -hmm. So often when I'm working with people, you're an advice seeker. So when you do go make that ask, then ask for advice on the things that you're going for. Because if you ask for a job, your answer is either yes or no. And that ends the conversation. Mm-hmm. You ask for advice and that conversation can go on and on and on. People love to give advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's the key to getting a position at your company? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, did you, you do how did you do it <laughs> i'm so tell me more <laughs> and we laugh but it's true you know and in this day and age a little appreciation along with a little wow factor mm-hmm. people want to feel special mm-hmm. people want to feel special and so To my advice seekers, whether you're in a job or job seeking, you make someone feel good. Back to the emotional piece. You make someone feel good that they talk about themselves. They're like, wow, I have done some good stuff in my career. Like, you know what? Let me send me your resume. I want to, you know, share it with a couple of people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And what do you tell people around job postings and stuff like that? Just to get a different perspective on that. Sure. So job postings. Mm-hmm. So there is the classic, you take your hands out and you put them down onto the keyboard and you post, mm-hmm. you hold your hands up to the Lord, the higher <laughs> being, and you pray. Mm-hmm. And post and ex- pray. Post and pray. Exactly. So often I say to my job seekers that when you post and pray, 
it is no different than eating a cube of sugar. You feel good in that moment, but then your low happens. And you're like, you need to, you know, I need to be job seeking. I need to be posting to jobs. And so often to those posts and prayers where they're spending at least 80% of their time just posting, let's flip it. Spend 80% of your time shaking hands, kissing babies, having conversations. It sounds like it's more work, and it is, but at the same time, it's going to get you where you want to go faster. And then I always share the statistics that the folks that are referred in get hired faster, stay longer, more satisfied in their work. And a job posting for me is how do we incorporate the things they're looking for into your language and how you talk about yourself, your <laughs> resume, and your LinkedIn profile. That's mm-hmm. what a job posting is for. Yep. Because as we all know, the birth of a job is first in someone's head. And they don't want to write the job posting because nobody likes writing job postings. And then when the, when the job spec comes out, it's this big old wish list of all these things and wonderful things. And often when I'm working with my wonderful women clients, I say to them, listen, if you have at least 60 to 70% of what's in the job spec, you apply, Mm -hmm. you apply because a man would look at that and he would have 30% and he would more than gladly apply. And at the end of the day, if you think that you should apply, then do. But the next step is go on LinkedIn and see if you know somebody there Mm -hmm. because when a job posting happens, it's so late in the process because it's already been shared internally. Mm-hmm. It's already been shared by the hiring exec or hiring manager's people mm-hmm. that by the time it hits the post that probably hundred, hundreds of people have already seen the job. And so people think, oh, I'm the first to apply to this. That. Like, no. <laughs> so, so don't post and pray. Shake hands, kiss babies. And I'll add to your, who do I know there? And remember that a lot of companies have employee referral programs. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's the person you worked with eight years ago at a job, they get probably 500, 1,000, 1,500 bucks if you get the job. They're motivated to share your resume. You're doing them a solid. They're going to thank you when you get the job. So it's not like, oh, I don't want to bother them. We're talking thousand bucks. Bother yeah. them. They're psyched to be bothered if you're qualified for the job. Employee referral programs are awesome. Yes, for everybody. And, and I would also say if you're a person of a diverse background, for the love of everything, will you please call the director of diversity and equity and inclusion as well mm-hmm. to flag your resume? And that's one thing that's one thing that I'm when I'm working with my wonderful diverse candidates. I'm like, all right, did you did you do a LinkedIn search on the DEI person? They're like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, come on. It's a person looking for you. Yeah. It's a person that's looking exactly for you. You know, yeah. someone like you. So contact them. That's part of their job. Yep. For sure. That will help them be more successful. Exactly. So you get the employee referral. You talk to diversity, equity, and inclusion. You give yourself every shot possible of getting your resume looked at so you can get that initial phone screen. Mm-hmm. All right. So how do you recommend someone psych themselves up for an interview when they're not feeling it? You know, we've heard the age old adage of fake it till you make it. And we'd love to know your thoughts on that. So I think that, so one is identifying the successful scenario Two, whatever your fears are, you're not going to die. 
your, your life is not in danger because of this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the third is what calms you down at that moment in time. And, and we work through that. So for me, before interviews, this was what's going through my head. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> you know, get my 10 nerves down to a five. I had one client who I'm like, all right, what calms you down? And she said, beer. Mm. I said, awesome. What kind of beer? She's like, I like the Belgian fruity beers. I said, all right, listen, you don't have to drink a beer before an interview, but do you know what that feels like? And can you quote, have a beer? And she nailed her interviews because she had a beer. Those Belgian fruities are good. Oh, I love the raspberry ones. They're my favorite. (laughs) So it's one of those things where, uh, again, we were talking about emotion. We were talking about mindset that you're getting to a point where uh, you can clear your your head to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing your informational interviews right, you're carrying over so much of what you're already doing in the info interviews into the actual interview. Mm-hmm. So this is not where you tense up. This is not where you become a robot. People hire people, people hire people. They like mm-hmm. have a conversation. Yeah. And be yourself, be yourself. Yeah. And if yeah. they, if they don't like you in the interview, they're not going to like you when you work with them and that's not going to be a good fit. So be yourself and find people who like you and then you'll get a job and it'll be a good fit. And I'm going to add a third thing because this has happened like in three different first interviews I've had this week. Do your homework. Mm. And I don't mean you have to know everything about everything, but my God, spend a few minutes with the website so that when they say the inevitable, what interests you about our company? You don't look at them and be like, um, well, I haven't had time. It's like, mm-hmm. you haven't had time. You put yourself on my calendar Thursday and it's Monday. So spend time so that you feel good about you. You had your proverbial beer and you're prepared. Yeah. yeah because it's a really crappy reason to, oh. to not get moved forward in the process because you haven't done your research. And, and it's so easy now. Oh my God. Can, it's so easy. You can go on YouTube and watch videos of people talking about what it's like to work there. Mm-hmm. And just pick one anecdote. You can go, if it's a larger organization, go on the career section of the website. Mm-hmm. And, talk, and whether their mission or their values or whatever are those kinds of things. I mean, there are a whole host of things when we talk about research and then integrating that research throughout your story. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so when I'm mock interviewing people, I'm like, all right, what's your motivation? What's driving you for this role for this company? Yes. What is it that you're excited about? And if I don't hear it, I'm like, go back to their website. You know, if it's a publicly traded organization, let's look at their 10K and see what their or their annual report or their corporate social responsibility. If it's a nonprofit, let's look at their 990. I mean, there, yeah. there are so many things at your fingertips that you can say, you know what? This is what I like about you guys. Yeah. Well, come back. I mean, just think like we're egotistical as humans. So I want to know why you want me. We're Mm -hmm. also, we as a company, we're egotistical. Why do you want us? If the answer is, I don't know. Why are we talking? Yes. This struck a nerve with me this week. And by the way, none of the people who hadn't looked at the website got past me. So, and, and two of the three of them don't have jobs right now. And they're probably asking, why don't I have a job? 
Oh, I thought I was good for that. Yeah, you didn't look at the damn website. Be able to BS me an answer of why you want to work here. Please. Liz, I'm sorry. I really am. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I you know, it's funny. I, I still hear that that goes on, but the fact you had three in one week that didn't even look at the website. I've had 15 phone interviews this week, I think at least. So you got to look good. Gotta look good. Gotta, you gotta look good. sound good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got you have to want the job. I've got plenty of people who do. Right. And it's not like, all right, I am now reading the job spec. I have team management skill. <laughs> no. I've looked at the website and this is why I want this job. Right. Period. Exactly. End of sentence. <sighs> Anyway, I'm, it's okay. I'm not bitter. So what are you telling people that is unique to Corona and to the time that we are now? Like, how has it affected job seekers at different levels, like your entry level versus your more senior folks? How has it affected? Well, I, you know, I, th- I think first you have to be reading the news to see what industries have been impacted. Sure. So, For, for example, being in the D.C. metro area, well, uh, we have a lot of hospitality headquarters, such as Marriott, Hilton, and Choice. Mm-hmm. And if you've been working in hospitality management, that has been a big challenge. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, be fishing where there are fish, at least at the moment in time. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is that one thing that I've just noticed is that there are more people in the process. The process is taking longer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, goes back to waiting. So if you've had a good interview and you've had a good conversation and they say, all right, I'll, you'll hear back from me by next Wednesday and you follow up on Wednesday, nothing happens. It's not the biggest deal in the world. It's just that right. things are taking longer because of any number of issues. Mm-hmm. So, but hiring is still happening. It's just mm-hmm. that, you know, the, you know, that classic, you know, I don't know if you use it or not, where uh, for every month of job search, you know, it's usually about $15,000 of salary. So if you want to make $90,000, it's usually a six-month job search. You know, I'm extending that to seven, eight, maybe even nine months just because Mm -hmm. of the time it takes to get through the interview process, which I think is, you know, I'd be curious, you know, your vantage point, but that's what I've been noticing. Well, it's, you know, they talk about buyers and sellers markets in housing. Right now, it's a company's market because Mm -hmm. there's more job seekers. It's, you know, a year ago, it was for sure a job seekers market right. and you had to move fast as a company or you were going to lose the person to your competition. Right. Now it's a little bit different. You know, for some very specialized skill sets it's still really hard to hire but the, the amount of applications, the amount of inquiries, the amount of people that are responding when I my team's reaching out, it's just you've got more choice. You know, and when I think of the experience cycle you know, folks that have over 30 years experience, mm-hmm. they're still valued because they've seen crises before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've seen crises before. And so they still are, as long as they can articulate their story, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're finding, they're finding very good exec roles during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that I feel for the recent graduates that had jobs and then it got pulled because just for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. so you're finding, you know, the, the May class of 2020 is they're doing whatever they can. Yeah. So I feel for them because 
I know I learned so much as a junior person being in the office yeah. and being mm-hmm. around people more senior than me and, you know, other people that were around my level or whatever. Yeah. And the remote environment is just different. No, no. You don't learn yeah, the same I agree. way. I totally, I totally agree. You know, I remember being a junior person and consulting and, you know, having that interaction with the client, being on mm-hmm. site, having, you know, my manager just ride me and drive me and, and to, you know, literally he would get in my face, you know, mm-hmm. when I was making mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's consulting. So you're in consulting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in consulting. So it's uh, it's not a group hug, but that in-person interaction, it's, it's so valuable for a junior person. I remember my first year out of school and I started, I started my career on a, on a commission only recruiting desk. And oh, wow. the the top producer of the company yeah. really took a took a liking to me. And you know, they started me off just doing cold calls. I did calls before I did any interviews. And my, you know, I was told just trust that your colleagues will fill the jobs that you bring in. So she was an amazing, I mean, I'm still in touch with her, Linda Blakemore of Atlantic Pacific Group down on Laguna Beach. She's fabulous. She would listen to me. And I didn't know she was listening to me, right? We were in cubicles. As soon as I'd hang up the phone, she'd say, next time try this. Mm-hmm. Like having that kind of feedback was wow. so incredibly helpful to me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'll always be grateful to her. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the joy of being in an office is that you can get that direct, all right, you know, try something new and, ma- and it's iterative and mm-hmm. you're just constantly getting better mm-hmm. and good for you, Kat, for listening. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're, when you're on commission only, you, you, you either listen, you listen and figure out how to do it, or, you know, you transition into another role. Kudos to you, Kat. Wow. Bravo. Yeah. That, that's a hard job. It, it was, it was boot camp for me. Yeah, I can believe it. But, you know, there, there's something that I'm a huge fan of that when I'm talking with recent graduates is learning how to pick up the phone and using the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you have someone's phone number that you can still leave a voicemail mm-hmm. and how to leave a voicemail. I don't know how many phone calls you would make in a day, Kat, but you probably. Uh... I, I left more voicemails than I had actual conversations, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a well-articulated voicemail with a good inflection, mm-hmm. happy to, you know, having worked in sales also, my clients would always say, always say to me, Jason, you leave the best voicemails mm-hmm. because your voice is a part of you. It's part of your personal brand. It's a Absolutely. separator. Mm-hmm. And if you can do something a little bit different with your voicemail, sometimes I would look at the weather at a certain city or I would be reminded of something, not just about what you want to get them on the phone for, but them as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still a fan of picking up the phone. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It works. Well, Jason, thank you. Thank you for all of this. I think it's been great and informative. And where can people find you and why should they reach out to you? Liz, I appreciate that. Pitch um, it. so uh, my website is readysetlaunch.net you can contact me via my email jason at readysetlaunch.net and if you're looking to take that next step in your career regardless of whether it's a retirement transition or a promotion or you're really looking to make things happen in your career give me a ring and we'll do a consult Because one of the things that I promise to you is that I will listen. 
uh, as a former consumer marketer. <laughs> and I promise not to talk your ear off, even though I was voted most talkative uh, when I was in high school. But one of the things that my clients value in me is an undying consistency and support of their goals from the moment that we engage. And so be happy to connect. I'm on LinkedIn as well. But um, yeah, Jason at ReadySetLaunch.net. Thanks. Awesome. Jason, we really had a, a delightful conversation with you tonight. And I'm so glad that we connected through Thank the you. podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Thank God. You. Thanks, Liz. Appreciate the work that you're doing. Very important. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.